0: Hello and welcome to History Tea Time. I'm Lindsay Holliday and I'm spilling the tea on history. Today I have a special treat for all my new podcast listeners, an exclusive early listen to two new episodes which will not be appearing on YouTube for another month. This is a topic which has been requested often and which I have long wanted to dive into, so please enjoy. How inbred were the Habsburgs? Part 2 The Austrian Line Royals throughout history are notorious for inbreeding, but the European royal family, by far the most infamously incestuous, are the Habsburgs. The Royal House of Habsburg ruled Spain from 1506 to 1700, and held the Holy Roman Empire from 1452 until 1806. These two branches of the family volleyed brides back and forth like ping pong balls. They were oblivious to all the havoc this incest was playing on their genetics. The tragic results were numerous family members with mental illness, intellectual disability, vulnerability to disease, and a famously unusual countenance, which became known as the Habsburg jaw. In last week's video, I covered the science behind why inbreeding is so dangerous to the health of offspring and we met the Spanish line of the Habsburg royal family, which came to a crashing end in 1700 with the death of Charles II, the most notoriously inbred Habsburg. Today, we'll examine the other half of the family, the Austrian Habsburgs, who had a tendency to provide brides to their Spanish cousins and had several inbred rulers of their own. But first, let's take a look at the social and political reasons why the Habsburgs were doing all this inbreeding. The science of genetics was not explored until the mid-1800s by Austrian abbot Gregor Mendel. Before then, the connection between inbreeding and illness was unknown. Nonetheless, most cultures around the world consider incest taboo. The Catholic Church even had rules against consanguinity or marrying people who were too closely related, but those rules were regularly broken for royals. In cultures across the world, royals chose to marry and mate with their close relatives for several reasons. Maintaining social order Class structure was crucial to keeping royals and nobles on the top, and they were rigid about perpetuating separation between the classes. Royals had hard and fast rules about only marrying other royals. And for the most part, the second rung on the ladder, the nobility, liked it that way. On the rare occasions when a royal married a member of the nobility, like in the case of King Edward IV of England and Elizabeth Woodville, the new queen's family would jostle for favors and positions, pushing other nobles out of the way. So unless the king wanted to crown your daughter, most nobles preferred that he just marry a foreign princess. Politics Back when governments were run by dynasties and inheritance and family connection were paramount, treaties of peace and alliance between nations were almost always sealed with a marriage between members of the royal families. Young brides were sent away to live with their new husband. And it was incredibly useful to have your daughter at the court of your rival, influencing policy or at least trying to talk her husband out of going to war with you. Racism and Classism. The term blue blood originated in 9th century Spain, one of the lands the Habsburgs would later rule. White European soldiers distinguished themselves from their black Moorish enemies by displaying visible blue superficial veins under their pale skin. Sangre Azul was soon associated with the rich and powerful families of Castile. The wealthy also emphasized their visible blue veins under ivory skin to distinguish themselves from the tanned peasants who toiled in the sun. Portraits accentuated this feature, and ladies used makeup to paint their veins even bluer. As royalty and nobility really just come down to genetic luck, it has long benefited these privileged groups to perpetuate the myth that their blood was somehow different and better than that of the common people. So they refused to mix their blood with commoners with royals limited to marrying only other royals, and additionally, only royals with whom their nation might want to make a peace treaty. Oh, and don't forget that Catholics and Protestants couldn't marry each other. Royal brides were volleyed back and forth between the same handful of royal families, generation after generation. All of the royal families of Europe were in on the incest. But what made the Habsburgs uniquely notorious when it came to inbreeding was the fact that their family had two branches. The Spanish Habsburgs and the Austrian Habsburgs. The two halves of the family repeatedly traded brides back and forth to seal treaties. Cousins married cousins and nieces married uncles. Funnily enough, I never came across an instance where an aunt married a nephew the Habsburgs had one other unique reason for favoring incest, dynastic insurance. Both branches of the Habsburg dynasty were often short of male heirs because of the inbreeding. And as their inheritance laws allowed the descendants of women to inherit the throne, it was important that those descendants also be Habsburgs. In particular, Older daughters of Holy Roman emperors were often married to Spanish Habsburgs. That way, if none of their brothers survived to inherit the imperial throne, one of their sons could and the next emperor would still be a Habsburg. Philip IV of Spain failed to follow this rule and arranged for his daughter, Maria Theresa, to be married to Louis XIV of France. When his last son, Charles II, died, Maria Theresa's son, Louis de Bourbon, was the rightful heir to the Spanish throne. The Habsburgs tried to claim it back and the result was the War of Spanish Succession. The Habsburgs lost the war and the Spanish throne. Forty years later, a different Maria Theresa had no surviving brothers, and her father left her the Holy Roman Empire. This time, her husband Francis was Habsburg, and their children were still part of the Habsburg dynasty. And now, let's meet those inbred Austrian Habsburgs. The dynasty took their name from Habsburg Castle, built in the 1020s in modern-day Switzerland. They slowly gained wealth and power until Rudolf I of Habsburg took control of the Duchy of Austria in 1278. Austria was part of the Holy Roman Empire. The title of Holy Roman Emperor and ruler over the vast empire in Central Europe was an elected position rather than an inherited one, though it tended to be handed down family lines. But in 1437, Holy Roman Emperor Sigismund died without a male heir. Frederick Habsburg was so powerful that he was able to bribe and cajole the prince-electors to make him emperor in 1452. For the next three and a half centuries, the empire would remain in the hands of the Habsburgs. Emperor Frederick III had a distinctly hooked eagle nose, which was seen as a sign of nobility. He passed this trait on to his descendants. He married Eleanor of Portugal, who was not a close relative. His son, Emperor Maximilian I, married Mary, Duchess of Burgundy. She was also not a close relative, but as the only child and heir of Charles the Bold, Duke of Burgundy, she was the most eligible bachelorette in Europe. She inherited Burgundy and the Netherlands and was often called Mary the Rich. Mary died at 25, after falling from her horse and breaking her back. France went to war with the Emperor over her inheritance, and in the end, France kept Burgundy, and the Netherlands went to Mary and Maximilian's son, Philip the Handsome. He married Juana, Queen of Castile, and as her husband, became the first Habsburg monarch in Spain. Juana was the product of a union between second cousins, Ferdinand II of Aragon and Isabel I of Castile. She suffered from bouts of serious mental illness. When Philip died at 28, she refused to have him buried and slept next to his corpse for weeks. Their son, Charles, inherited both Castile and Aragon from his mother and the Holy Roman Empire from his grandfather, Maximilian I. When Emperor Maximilian was in his 50s, he became morbidly depressed and brought his coffin with him wherever he travelled. When he died at 59, he left instructions for the treatment of his corpse. His hair was cut off, his teeth knocked out, his body whipped and covered in lime and ash, and publicly displayed to show the perishableness of all earthly glory. His mental illness may not have been the result of inbreeding, but it would reverberate down the family tree for generations to come. Charles V traveled frequently back and forth around his two vast territories. Exhausted and depressed, Charles abdicated both thrones at the age of 56. Spain and the Netherlands went to his son, Philip II, but the Holy Roman Empire was tired of having to share their ruler with Spain. They preferred Charles's younger brother, Ferdinand I. After a prolonged family feud, it was decided that the Habsburg holdings would be divided. Ferdinand I was married to Anna Jagalunica, daughter of the king of Bohemia and Hungary, This union with a local royal family was a big part of why Ferdinand was so popular in the empire. The effects of inbreeding had already cost the Habsburgs a number of babies and children, and the line of succession was dangerously short. Anna's infusion of fresh DNA in the form of fifteen offspring, all but two of whom survived childhood, gave the Habsburg dynasty a much needed boost. Their eldest son, Maximilian II, became Holy Roman Emperor after his father. He was plagued by ill health throughout his life. He married his first cousin, Charles V's daughter, Maria of Austria, and they had 16 children, nine of whom reached adulthood. Their eldest daughter, Anna, became her uncle, Philip II of Spain's fourth wife. Eldest surviving son became Emperor Rudolf II. He was fascinated by art and science, but wasn't much of a ruler. He never married but took numerous lovers, both male and female, and fathered dozens of illegitimate children. One of his sons, Don Julius, brutally murdered a young woman and mutilated her corpse. The emperor became notorious for this and for his sexual appetites and erotic art collection. His unpopularity allowed his brother, Matthias, to overthrow him. Unfortunately, he wasn't a very good ruler either and caused political chaos. At 54, he married his 26-year-old cousin, Archduchess Anna of Austria, but they didn't have any children. When Matthias died, the throne passed to his cousin, Ferdinand II. His parents, Charles of Austria and Maria Anna of Bavaria, had been uncle and niece. Ferdinand was deeply religious, expelled Protestant pastors, and forced his people to return to the Catholic faith. Protestant Bohemia revolted, thus igniting the Thirty Years' War, the fourth bloodiest conflict in modern European history, costing the lives of as many as 8 million people, 60% of the population in parts of Germany. Ferdinand married his first cousin, Maria Anna of Bavaria, and they had seven children, only four of whom reached adulthood. Ferdinand died at 59, leaving the throne to his son, Ferdinand III. Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Kat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. I'm Helena Bonham-Carter, and for BBC Radio 4, this is History's Secret Heroes. A new series of rarely heard tales from World War II. They had no idea that she was Britain's top female codebreaker. We'll hear of daring risk takers. What she was offering to do was to ski in over the high Carpathian Mountains. Of course it was dangerous, but uh, danger was his friend. Subscribe to History's Secret Heroes wherever you get your podcasts. Though as devout as his father, he was more practical and brought an end to the 30-year war. The Austrian and Spanish sides of the Habsburg family had been on the same side when it came to persecuting Protestants, but they were feuding over territory in Italy. War broke out and Ferdinand married his cousin Maria Anna of Spain as part of a peace treaty. The couple had a happy marriage and Maria Anna became an important advisor to her husband. They had six children, though only three survived infancy. Their eldest son, Ferdinand, died suddenly of smallpox at the age of 21, but luckily he had a younger brother, Leopold, to carry on the family line. Their sister, Mariana, married her mother's brother, King Philip IV of Spain, and was the mother of King Charles II. During Empress Maria Anna's sixth pregnancy, she died from a fever. Her daughter was cut from her body alive, but died a few hours later and was buried in her mother's coffin. Ferdinand married twice more in the hopes of fathering a few spares to the throne. His second and third wives were both relatives. His first cousin, 17-year-old Mary Leopoldina, died in childbirth. His third wife, 21-year-old Eleanor of Gonzaga, gave birth to four children. Ferdinand III died at 49, passing the throne to his son, Leopold I. At 26, he married his niece, 15-year-old Margaret Theresa, the sister of King Charles II of Spain. He insisted that his new bride call him uncle. She was healthier than her brother, but that was a very low bar. Only one of the couple's four children survived infancy. Margaret blamed the deaths of her babies on the Jewish people, and persuaded Leopold to expel them from Vienna and destroy their synagogues. She died during her fifth pregnancy at just 21. Leopold next married his second cousin, Claudia Felicitas, who died at 22, giving birth to her second stillborn child. After 20 years on the throne, Leopold still didn't have a male heir, and neighboring rulers were beginning to eye his throne and invade his empire. Leopold's third wife and third cousin was Eleanor Magdalena of Nuremberg. She was highly intelligent and also genetically far removed enough from her husband that they managed to have seven children, all of whom survived. Thus, Leopold finally secured the succession and the future of the Habsburg dynasty, just in time for the death of King Charles II of Spain and the termination of the Spanish branch of the Habsburg family. Leopold died at 65. His son, Joseph I, married Wilhelmine Amelia of Brunswick-Lunberg. She was not a close relative, but he was inbred enough for both of them. They had three children, but their only son, Leopold, died of hydrocephalus before his first birthday. Joseph had numerous love affairs and contracted syphilis, which he passed on to his wife, rendering her infertile. At 32, he died during a smallpox epidemic, passing the throne to his younger brother, Charles VI. His childless cousin, King Charles II of Spain, had named him as his successor in an attempt to keep the Spanish throne in the Habsburg family. But his French cousin, Louis du Bourbon, had a superior claim. Charles lost the crown of Spain, but then unexpectedly became Holy Roman Emperor instead. His wife, Elizabeth Christine of Brunswick, was not a relative, but was considered a great beauty. She gave birth to a son, Leopold Johann, but the baby died at just seven months old. Charles filled his wife's apartments with erotic images of male beauty, believing this would ignite her imagination and cause her to produce a male child. She had three more babies, all daughters. The empress's doctors put her on a regiment of daily liquor and rich foods to increase her fertility. These remedies caused her to become obese and ruined her health. With no sons, Charles spent his final years trying to secure the reign of his daughter, Maria Theresa. But there was a problem. Emperor Leopold I had made both of his sons sign a pact that if they didn't produce any male heirs, Joseph's daughters would be first in line to the throne. Once his father and brother were dead, however, Charles disinherited his nieces and gave the throne to his daughter. War broke out between Maria Theresa and her cousin Maria Amalia's husband, Charles VII of Wittelsbach. He became Holy Roman Emperor for three years, briefly interrupting Habsburg rule. But he died at 48, and Maria Theresa took back the throne. She was married to her second cousin, Francis I, and as women weren't allowed to rule in many of the contiguous kingdoms of the empire, she made him her co-monarch. But it was clear who was really in charge. Maria Theresa was a dynamic and talented ruler and oversaw a golden age. She gave birth to 16 children. 3 of her daughters died in infancy, and 3 more children died in their teens from smallpox. The disease was running rampant through Europe at the time, and her children's weakened immune systems thanks to generations of inbreeding didn't help their chances of survival. The Empress saw her children as pawns in the game of dynastic marriage, and arranged unions for them to royals all over Europe. Most famously, Marie Antoinette married Louis XVI and became Queen of France. Marie Antoinette is said to have had a mild case of Habsburg jaw that caused her lower lip to protrude slightly, giving her a constant pout. Maria Theresa ruled for 40 years and died at 63. Royal dynasties are usually named after the father of the family. Francis I had been a Habsburg, but he was also a Lorraine. So from then on, the family is called the Habsburg-Lorraine dynasty. Joseph II inherited the throne from his mother. He was exceptionally intelligent and had brilliant ideas to reform his nation, but he was terrible with people and imposed harsh measures to ensure everyone adhered to his will and vision for the future. He was incredibly unpopular with the very people he wanted to help. His first wife, Isabella of Parma, gave birth to three children, only one of whom survived. She died giving birth to her fourth. Joseph was heartbroken and devoted himself to their one surviving daughter. She died of a lung infection at the age of seven. The Emperor was pressured to remarry, but wife number 2, Maria Josefa of Bavaria, died of smallpox two years after the wedding. Joseph died at 48, and his brother, Leopold II, became Emperor. He married Infanta Maria Luisa of Spain, daughter of King Charles III. As the Spanish royals were now Bourbons and not so closely related, they managed to have 16 healthy children securing the dynasty. Their son, Francis II, married four times. First wife, Elizabeth of Württemberg, died giving birth to a daughter, who also died at 16 months. Wife number two was his double first cousin, Maria Theresa of Naples and Sicily. They shared all four grandparents, Maria Theresa and Francis I, and Charles III of Spain and Maria Amalia of Saxony. They had 12 children and only 7 reached adulthood. Maria Theresa died giving birth to their 12th child. Francis married again to another first cousin, Maria Ludwiga of Austria Este, and then to a non-relative, Caroline Charlotte Auguste of Bavaria, both of whom died without children. During Francis's reign, the French rose up against his aunt and uncle, Marie Antoinette and Louis XVI of France, and beheaded them. After the revolution, General Napoleon Bonaparte seized control of France and named himself emperor. He set his sights on expansion and invaded his neighbors, including the Holy Roman Empire. Francis joined with the UK, Russia, and other European powers in an attempt to stop Napoleon's conquests, but in 1806, the coalition was defeated. Napoleon demanded that Francis abdicate, which he did, ending the Holy Roman Empire after 1,000 years of dominance over Central Europe. Francis was also forced to give his daughter, Marie-Louise, to Napoleon in marriage. Francis was no longer Holy Roman Emperor, but he was still ruler of Austria, which had been the Habsburg birthright since 1278. As he had gotten used to the title, he upgraded himself from Archduke to Emperor of Austria. He died at 67, passing the throne to his son, Ferdinand I. Because he was the result of a union between double first cousins, he suffered from hydrocephalus, neurological problems including epilepsy, and a speech impediment. His intellectual disability and his 20 seizures a day made him unable to rule effectively, and a regency council was appointed to run the empire. Nevertheless, he was married to Maria Anna of Savoy, not a relative. The court physician considered it unlikely that he would be able to consummate the marriage. When he tried, he had five seizures. Not a great wedding night. Ferdinand is best remembered for his command to his cook. When told he could not have apricot dumplings because apricots were out of season, he said, "'I am the emperor and I want dumplings.' In 1848, revolutions broke out all over Europe with people demanding an end to monarchy. When told of the revolts in Vienna, the emperor responded, but are they allowed to do that? Suddenly having an unstable and demanding emperor who didn't actually do any ruling was not such a good look for the establishment. Ferdinand was told to abdicate in favor of his 18-year-old nephew, Franz Joseph I. Ferdinand retired to Prague Castle and lived to the age of 82. Franz Joseph I was a shy and dithering man and was controlled by his mother, Sophie of Bavaria. She wanted him to marry one of her nieces, so he wed his first cousin, Elisabeth in Bavaria. The Empress, known as Sissy, was a beauty and style icon. Their first daughter, Sophie, died at two, but they went on to have two healthy daughters and a son. Their son and heir, Rudolf, married Princess Stephanie of Belgium, but he was unhappy in the union. He died in a suicide pact with his mistress, Mary Vetsira, at his hunting lodge. Franz Joseph's next heir was his nephew, Franz Ferdinand. He was the product of a union between second cousins. Archduke Karl Ludwig and Maria Annuncia of Bourbon to Sicilies. This generation of Habsburgs, wed in the 1850s, would be the last to bind themselves in incestuous marriages. Around the same time, Austrian Abbot Gregor Mendel was conducting experiments and established the rules of heredity. His groundbreaking work on genetics was beginning to get out and reveal to the Habsburgs and other royal families the terrible mistakes they had made by choosing to inbreed. From the late 1800s on, young royals began to look outside of their own family trees for marriage partners. But centuries of established royal dogma made this difficult. Franz Ferdinand fell in love with a commoner, Sophie Hotik, but he was forbidden to marry anyone less than a royal he had to renounce their future children's rights to the throne before he was allowed to wed Sophie. But the Habsburgs couldn't shed their languid genetic legacy so easily. Franz Ferdinand inherited a dose of the mental illness that had long plagued the Habsburgs. He was angry, violent, and reckless. He was fond of hunting and shot some 270,000 animals in his lifetime. His vision for the future of the empire was one of consolidated power in his hands. He saw Slavs and Jews as less than human, and referred to the Serbs as pigs. Many of the people he would one day rule over were dreading his ascension including a young Bosnian Serb, Gravilo Princip, who assassinated Franz Ferdinand and Sophie in 1914. The death of the Habsburg heir was the spark that ignited the powder keg of growing tensions between the great European powers, exploding into World War I. Emperor Franz Joseph died in 1916, age 86, in the midst of the war. The throne went to his great-nephew, Charles I. He ruled for two years, but when Austria and the Central Powers lost World War I, he was forced to abdicate. The Austro-Hungarian Empire was abolished and the Habsburgs lost their final throne. Though they no longer reign over any lands, the Habsburg family lives on. But the modern Habsburgs are no longer marrying their relatives. The current head of the defunct royal house, Karl von Habsburg, married an aristocrat, but not a close relative, Baroness Francesca Bornamisa in 1993. They have three children: Eleanor, a model and jewelry designer; Ferdinand, a race car driver; and Gloria with an infusion of fresh DNA over the last few generations. It seems the Habsburgs who survived have managed to put their family's tragic inbreeding past behind them. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. I'll be putting out new podcast episodes each Thursday, revisiting and revamping my most popular YouTube videos, and adding even more fascinating information for your listening pleasure. Want some visuals with your history? Then check out my YouTube channel, also called History Tea Time with Lindsay Holiday, where you can find hundreds of videos about queens of the world, royal history, women's medical history and more. Do you love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring? Well, look no further and join me, Katie Charlewood, your friendly neighborhood social scientist and reader of books.